0: and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision well there have been more harrowing stories emerging from the indonesian island of sulawesi after the devastating earthquake and tsunami that struck last friday experts think the tsunami could have been triggered by an underwater landslide that followed the tremor The death toll has continued to climb and rescuers have continued to find bodies and hundreds have been buried in mass graves and authorities are trying to stave off any spread of disease. Meanwhile, it's believed there are still many, many people trapped in the rubble of buildings destroyed by the earthquake and tsunami and there's been criticism that aid agencies have not been on the ground fast enough. Well, some Christian aid agencies and ministries are gearing themselves for support in Sulawesi. One of those is Mission Aviation Fellowship, who are stepping up to support the relief efforts. Ian McDougall is the General Manager of MAF in Australia. He's joining us. Hello, Ian. Welcome back to 2020. Well, thank you, Neil, and thank you for
1: giving us an opportunity to share what's happening in this disaster area.
0: Ian, of course, there's the Australian operation and you are a part of an international effort of MAF that is responding to the disaster in Indonesia. What's happening from uh, the MAF perspective?
1: Yeah, so we're um, supporting Indonesian communities already in, in Papua and Kalimantan and in Sulawesi through the MAF US team flying uh, the, the aircraft in those areas. And those teams have responded rapidly into talking to the government to find out what requirements are needed. The, currently, the aircraft are allowed to fly up to a certain place, which is Palu, and we're waiting on permissions to move in and help the agencies that need to land and garner food, medicines, etc. Uh, at this point in time, we have the Kodiak landed and ready to go. We have our disaster response managers on site assessing with the government and with other agencies to work out the logistics of where we can land aircraft, if we can land aircraft, or whether we require helicopters or other organizations. We're also working with Ethnos 360 uh, to to organize and transport Indonesian school children and workers back to their home areas in Apana and Luwak from Palu. So there's there's transportation already happening. There is things happening on the ground with the different agencies. There is a number of first responder agencies there, but they are waiting on information from the government to be able to move in quickly and rapidly into the right locations and safely, because as you know, over 1,700 houses have been submerged in in the Palu area alone. So there's a lot to be done. And this is interesting that In 2009, which is almost nine years to... to to the day it happened is when the last one was there we were there so we are known and we are already starting to talk to the agencies that need transportation to get their medical equipment in to those regions.
0: And clearly your good reputation in Indonesia will hold you in good stead as you seek to step up those efforts to be involved in this relief process. Uh, Ian are there any reports that are coming through from MAF pilots or from your contacts Indonesia about uh, the sorts of things that you know we've been hearing reported in the media but are there any reports coming through from pilots themselves?
1: Yes so the, the reports we're getting so far is is the lack of electricity and the unstable communication lines and channels so what's happening is that it's because of the areas that have been damaged um, most of the the reliance is on communication so currently we, we're talking with a number of groups about putting VSATs in uh, or a VSAT dish into the area so that we can actually start to get communication lines back up and running and then Ethnos um, 360 Aviation as well are there and we're working with them to partner in, and get these stories through. But the, the biggest issue that we're seeing at the moment is food, medication to people and fresh water. So they're the three things that we're looking at to transport in first.
0: Okay, now if there are airstrips available, that makes it a little bit easier for taking off and landing. If there's not, how do you get some of those supplies in, or do you need to rely on uh, other efforts to do that?
1: No, well, what we do is that um, we, we look at where there's roadways or parts of roads that are still capable and wide enough to take an aircraft. So part of the survey work that the government's doing is looking at landing strips or possible landing strips, which could be roadway, it could be a mountaintop, it could be an area that um, has enough. We need around about 450 to 500 metres minimum to land and to be able to take off again. So we're looking at those areas, and, and part of the survey we're doing via satellite, as well as with the government, is to ascertain the best places to land. The alternative then is to do ship drops, where we drop things out of the plane with parachutes into locations and then the ground teams will pick it up from there. But the issue of getting ground teams in is the the first and foremost uh, concern. If we can get teams on the ground to do the assessments, they can tell us what medications or what food or what water they need, or even equipment. Uh, it could be just a transportation of equipment into those areas. So that's what we're waiting for as we go through. It does take time, but it also means that we do it
0: right. Ian, the disaster response team is part of the international body of MAF, and you mentioned that there'll be Indonesian aircraft that will be primarily used. Is there a likelihood that we could be called upon here in Australia for Australian aircraft to be used in Indonesia? That is correct.
1: We're waiting on that call. We look at using assets that are closest to the area. So it could be that the Australian aircraft that are currently working in PNG could be called across the border. Um, and if, if that's the case then we will move some of the assets from Arnhem Land a, uh, appropriately to make sure that we cover off all our services.
0: And of course uh, MAF personnel here in Australia, is there a certain eagerness or enthusiasm to be a part of the relief effort there, uh, or do you ask for volunteers? How does that all work?
1: Yes, yeah, so what happens is in our disaster response team we have pilots and engineers and ground staff that are trained up in specific disaster response work, especially in the logistics field and the communications field. And so they come from our pool of, of missionaries on the field right across um, MAF, and then they are the first responders. And then from there, if there's other requirements, we work with the other agencies to see where their people are, because each agency has a specialty. Ours is logistics and getting people into the field and getting them out of the field. Um, And so we look with those and then those other groups work on their groundwork.
0: Ian, what do you think of uh, criticisms that come to aid agencies not being fast enough on the ground? Uh, Clearly these things are a sophisticated effort to enable uh, the sorts of relief to happen that that comes through uh, people like yourselves with uh, MAF aircraft. Uh, I I guess uh, everybody wants to see the help there straight away, but it's not always possible.
1: Yeah, criticism always comes with a disaster because uh, people don't see the fast response. The fast response is the the earthquake happened on Friday and on Friday afternoon the disaster teams from 20 agencies in Australia were already um, planning and sending teams and, and reviewing what the requirements are with the government, remembering that we, we do not go into a country without government permission. So the government will always be the first border call. Can we come in, this is what we have to offer, this is what our disaster routine can do, and will you let us in? And then they have to say yes or no. So there is that government protocols that we must stand by because it is still, and we would be criticized by people if we did not follow government protocols so we have to stand on the fact that we will go as quickly as possible but we also do it within a reasonable time under the under the laws that we're in because MAF already serves in Indonesia and in Papua New Guinea we are already on the ground so our disaster response team was up and lifted Friday night and are now working logistically across that area with the government to look at the best the best outcomes for the people.
0: Ian, MAF has a solid supporter base in Australia. You've got a long history, a wonderful history here in Australia. Uh, What are you hoping uh, for your prayer partners, for for financial supporters? Uh, What sort of way do you hope that listeners uh, and those supporters might respond uh, to the sort of thing that you're becoming involved in here with the international arm of MAF?
1: What we're actually asking for is prayer right at this moment in time. We're not requesting for funds to come through because we don't know what requirements we need to to cover those funds. We have got a disaster response team which is out there doing what they need to do and we're covering those costs uh, to make sure it's there. But what we are asking people to do and we would like people to pray for is protection from the further earthquakes. We want the the area to experience aftershocks and if you've ever been in an earthquake the aftershocks are more frightening because you don't know if it's going to build or not so we're asking people to pray for safety we're asking for people to to look at and and how they can pray for all those people that have now been displaced and that that loved ones can actually meet together because the communications are different than what we're used to right it's a matter of a search it's looking through the the crowd and through the rubble and through the mess To find your family members so we're praying that people will pray with us that this will happen that families will find each other and also we pray that the looting and the violence which always happens after this will diminish very quickly and people will focus on the good things that are happening and that every aid agency and the Indonesian government work together to get the best access to those people in need quickly and rapidly but also the long-term effects of an earthquake like this, the first responders go in, then there's the long-term effect, and that's where we'll be looking at. What is it we need to do for the future? How do we get medicine in, not only today, but in a year's time? And that's what we're praying and asking people to pray with us.
0: Uh, Ian McDougall, just great getting your insights and uh, you've got a great organization. Uh, Honor to you and to the team at Mission Aviation Fellowship for the good work that you do in so many aspects mobilizing missionaries uh, helping with relief efforts as is what is likely to happen here uh, with this dreadful disaster in Indonesia Uh, Ian McDougall general manager of MAF in Australia let me point people to the MAF website it's maf.org.au that stands for Mission Aviation Fellowship maf.org.au Ian McDougall thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your hearts and your plans with us today here on 2020.
1: Thank you so much, Neil. And our prayers go out to all the people out there as they continue to uplift all the people in Indonesia. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.